welcome to the Blissful Parenting Podcast. I'm your host again, Michelle Abraham. Nice to see you all here today. I'm here with our founder and faculty member, Chuck Anderson. So uh, welcome, Chuck. I'm so happy to have you here with us again today. Michelle, it's my pleasure to be here, and I'm really thrilled about how the podcast is going so far. So awesome. That's great. So we've been hearing from all sorts of amazing experts over the last few episodes, and it's so great to, you know, hear everyone's different take and their different specialties, whether it's anxiety or back to school stuff or, you know, any more medical kind of issues or, you know, food issues, whatever our experts have been talking about over the last few episodes has been really fantastic. And it's really great to kind of then come back together with you, our founder and faculty member. And what we're going to do today is uh, kind of uh, check in and have some expert questions. So you're going to answer some questions. We might do this from time to time now. We're getting lots of questions in to Blissful Parenting. And uh, so this is the new format we're going to check out today. And uh, if you guys have questions, feel free to head over to theblissfulparent.com forward slash ask. And you too can submit your question and maybe we'll answer it live on our show. That's awesome. And we really encourage you to send your questions in. Um, because you get to, this is your chance to program the show. Uh, what is it that you want to know? What is it that you want to hear from us? I mean, you know, as faculty members, we have so much information to share and, uh, it's usually comes from our own brainstorming or inspiration or whatever. But I always find that the best sessions, and when I've discovered this a lot in my live workshops is that when we do this sort of live Q&A, people are asking what they want to ask, then that's content that I think you're going to be a lot more interested in as well. So we are really counting on getting your feedback, getting your questions, and we are happy to answer anything that comes in. Yeah, and you know, sometimes people might be a little shy to ask a specific question. They don't want to be judged or, you know, they don't, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing to ask this question or that question. So this is a perfect platform for be, to be able to do this because it is anonymous and we are just going to read your question out as if it was just someone who sent it in and it's a great way to get that answered. And why not use the expertise that we have here? It's uh, great to uh, get their expert advice on all these questions. So Chuck, why don't we kick it off with our first question here? Let's go for it. Okay, so the first question, why do some people get so defensive when you try to give them helpful parenting advice? Is it maybe because they are actually a little bit insecure about their parenting style? What do you think? Oh boy, yeah, this, this, this is a question. And we've actually had this discussion in some of our live workshops. And, you know, I think everyone can relate to that time where somebody gives you advice and it's unsolicited advice, meaning you didn't ask for it. <laughs> and, uh, some well-meaning individual or family member or friend felt compelled to share their wisdom with you, uh, even though you didn't ask for it. And, you know, I think whenever that happens and it wasn't asked for, I think that that's a time where it could be one of those automatic triggers where it's like, wait, wait a minute, I didn't really ask you for that advice, I'm doing the best I can, and therefore, you know, I might, you know, have this reaction like, you know, who are you to be giving me this advice? And, and, um, and so I think that's one reason that it happens is that we're unprepared to get advice and we didn't ask for it. And I think that most people don't wanna hear it unless they ask for it. Uh, in the coaching world, 
And when we went through our coach certification and our coaching certification program where we teach new coaches, we teach people, like, don't give people advice they didn't ask for. Ask permission. If you're going to give feedback, ask permission. It's a much nicer way to do it. And you're not going to kind of get that resistance or that defensiveness. Um, so I, I think that's the first reason that it happens is that we're maybe caught unprepared for it. The second reason that it happens is that maybe there is a little truth to, hey, we're not, not really feeling good about how things are going. Um, you know, I know I've certainly had moments where, uh, you know, I just didn't really feel confident in, in my parenting or maybe I had a bad moment, you know. Uh, you know, um, my default definitely being control freak when, when I'm not rested and uh, <laughs> when, when I'm not journaling regularly and I'm not doing all of the things that, that help me to stay blissful uh, and happy and not angry dad. Um, when I'm not doing those things, it's very, very easy for me to have those reactions. And like I said, everyone I think is doing their absolute best. That being said though, I don't think that when people are being defensive, they necessarily know that they're being defensive. I think it's just an automatic autopilot sort of reaction. I know any time that I've done it, it certainly has been. And one of the things that, you know, I've learned over the last decade of doing this is, you know, to recognize when it's happening and then to ask myself, you know, what's really going on? Like, why am I defensive about that? And my journal is my best friend. Uh, so. Uh, it's my therapist. It's where I write everything down. And when I have an issue, when maybe I didn't behave in the most appropriate way or whatever, um, I'm writing it down and resolving that. And I find that when I do that, I'm a lot less likely to be defensive or even to be doing anything that I need to be defensive about. So I do think that that perhaps is a parent who maybe isn't feeling good about something that's happened recently but also may have been receiving some advice, uh, well-meaning or not, uh, that they didn't ask for. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse than, you know, somebody telling you you're maybe giving you some advice that you don't want when you're like not rested, not well-nourished, haven't exercised, not feeling great about yourself, and then it's like someone's dumping on you. I think our automatic response, like you said, is going into defense mode. And uh, I know I've done that before. It's not a good, it's not a good feeling, right? And, uh, oh gosh, that's crazy. And, you know, one of the things that while we're talking about, you know, unsolicited advice, one of the things that I find uh, that the way I get defensive is when people are, who don't have children are giving me parenting advice or trying to parent my children while I'm there. It's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have kids. You don't possibly know what it's like. So that's, a, that's my take on it. <laughs> Yeah, it happens a lot. And, you know, I, I love it when it's people who don't have kids, but they're dog owners and they think that having a dog is is, is the same as having kids. I, I, I love that. Well, what I do with my dogs is this. And this is like, man, not, not <laughs> it doesn't work the same not, way. That's <laughs> one of the reasons, too, like even with, you know, our philosophy with the podcast, and I know we've mentioned this before, Michelle, is that we only get guests on this show who are actually parents because we believe that only parents really know what it's like to be parents. And you have had to have been in the thick of it, you know, to really, to really understand. But, but even in our support groups and whatnot, I mean, to give someone advice that they didn't ask for, it's probably going to get rejected. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so the best thing is, and like I said, 
with our coaching, we always ask permission. Would you like some feedback on this? Would you like some suggestions? And sometimes the answer is no, and that's okay. That's okay. If you're not open to feedback, if you're not open to advice, then don't take it, right? So, yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. You don't have to listen to it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Although some of it may be very helpful. <laughs> it's all right. You got to be in the right time in the right place to be able to accept it and be open to it too, right? So I'm going to jump over to another topic that's kind of similar. And this is the question that we got um, and it's why do some people have a tendency to want to blame their parents? Are they unable to accept responsibility for their own life? So I thought that was kind of a little bit along the same lines. Yeah, and this is something that I've experienced two different ways. Uh, I've experienced parents who blame their parents or the child's grandparents. I've also seen children, especially teens, uh, blame their parents for things. And, you know, let's start with the first situation. So you know, oh, if only my, you know, parents would have taught me better to do this, or if only they were more nurturing, or if only they, this wouldn't have happened when I was 11 or whatever. Um, and yes, I'm sure that there, that there's these experiences that have happened. And at a certain point, you know, especially if we're someone, and at political parenting, we kind of believe in, you know, the sign of a great parent is one that, you know, is, conscious of their own behavior. And when we're conscious of our own behavior, then it doesn't matter where we got it from. It doesn't matter if we got it from our parents. Uh, I'm sure, absolutely sure that my parents did the absolute best job they could under their circumstances. Um, and just the way things were, I mean, in the 70s, things were done a lot differently than they are now. Uh, consciousness was, I think, different. And the attitude towards nurturing uh, a child and, and nurturing family was, was different. And, you know, also I had parents who were very, very busy uh, and, and were working uh, 12, 14, sometimes 16 hours a day. And so I, for my own story, I believe that my parents did the absolute best they could. And I believe that's probably true of your parents as well. I think everyone's sort of well-meaning, even though they might not be perfect. But at a certain point, we have to sort of draw the line and say, okay, this is the way things are, this is, and, and this is what's happening. What can I do about it? And when we shift from a place of blame, which is, oh, this is happening because of this person, or it's happening because of this circumstance, or it's happening because the government, or whatever, when we shift away from that and we go into, okay, what can I do about this? A different type of answer is going to come back to you. A different type of, uh, it's a different type of attitude completely. And it completely disregards any reason why it's happening. It doesn't matter why. Uh, what matters is what can I do about this? And even adding some intention into this, you know, how can I deal with this in such a way that I leave my child feeling good about themselves and I can also feel good about myself and the way I handled it. You know, how, how can I do this in the most positive way possible? And so when we ask ourselves better questions, we don't have to blame. And then when we ask even higher quality questions where we set some intention in it, the kind of answer and support that we're going to get back is even that much better. And, you know, 
give this a try and just notice the types of thoughts and ideas that you have when you ask, start to ask yourself those kinds of questions. And so that's the first part. That's the parent who maybe is blaming other things. But then I notice it a lot. Um, I'm raising um, a, a teenager and, and a preteen, uh, so almost two teenagers here. <laughs> And they haven't quite grasped that concept yet, right? So it's like, well, dad, that happened because you didn't tell me. Or, you know, that happened because, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't do this or you, you didn't do that. And so that's something that, you know, with our own children, we are dealing with from time to time. And I think it's natural for them to want to blame their parents and, Really, my approach to it, and I think there's there's no one-size-fits-all answer here, but my approach to it is to be the best example I can be. So if I can demonstrate to my children how I assume responsibility for things, even though, you know, that might suck, and maybe they're, I'm justified in blaming or feel justified in blaming, you know, some other person or circumstance for what what's going on by demonstrating how I take responsibility for the results and for what's happening and for implementing a solution I'm leading by example and you know I know with my own children they learn more from watching what I do and how I handle things than anything I could tell them intellectually. <laughs> they don't want to be lectured. They don't want to be told stuff. But they are modeling my behavior, uh, the good and the bad and the ugly, all of it, right? And so, you know, hopefully more good than bad. But, hey, we all have those moments. We all have those human moments. And they definitely learn from how I handle things. And so I think that we get to model for them what that what it means to take responsibility and what it means to not blame others and circumstances and whatever and that's very empowering uh, very empowering when you can always find a solution no matter what happens uh, it's a, I believe it's it's giving someone um, ultimate power over the destiny of their life yeah that's great you know and for those of us who haven't you know, got rid of the blame game, like to learn it ourselves, to stop blaming, and then to model that for our kids. That's very empowering because then they're going to learn that as well. And they're not going to grow up blaming us for, for things that we did, right? And I, you're so right. So parenting has changed so much over the last few years. And this topic that we're going to jump to next is one of those topics that's changed in the way parents deal with it over the last few years, or a few decades, I should say. So this question is about how do you deal with a teenage girl, 17, almost 18, who thinks she's entitled to whatever she wants, free money, a car, car insurance, and much more when money is tight and you're barely scraping by financially? I'm sure this is a very popular question. <laughs> I love this one because uh, I, I deal with this from time to time as well in my family, and that is, you know, look, kids want things, right? They want things. And a lot of behavior that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is because they want things that don't necessarily align with what we want them to do or our means to give it to them or whatever. So, I mean, great example, if, 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 if it was okay for my boys to play video games for 12, 14 hours a day without any limitations, uh, that's what they want uh, as, a, um, 
as a parent who believes that that's not a healthy thing, uh, I have to set limits and boundaries. And sometimes when we set limits and boundaries, that might get a backlash, right? So, uh, so in this case with money, right? So anything that costs money, I mean, you know, we've gone through this where, you know, they want to buy something or whatever. And I think that when that comes up, yes, that sense of entitlement, or if it is an apparent sense of an entitlement, if I'm reading this properly, um, if that's sort of what's happening, can be very frustrating. And I think as an automatic pilot reaction, it's very easy to fight against that. Well, what do you mean you want me to buy you a car and, you know, and you want all these fancy clothes? Like, you know, you're sounding so entitled there. Don't you know the value of money? Why don't you go get yourself a job and start making some money? And as soon as we do that, we've just created a, a, a one of those moments where we're going to butt heads and we're going to fight. Um, instead of looking at it as the opportunity that it is, and that is to teach and guide, uh, I think, first of all, the value of money and the also the means in which to you know, obtain money and to acquire the things that they want. I mean, this is a person 18 years old. They've got their whole life ahead of them of earning money and acquiring things. And, you know, they're, they're coming through this period of, you know, mom and dad have given them everything. Um, and, you know, that was in, but one of the parts of being a teenager is, gaining independence over their life and so i think it's a huge opportunity here even if it's a bit uncomfortable even if there's a few tears or whatever um to say look i love you i support you you want a car great let's sit down and talk about how you could earn the money to get that car or you want those brand name designer clothes clothes that all your friends are wearing um, you know, that are 10 times the price of, of, of anything else. Uh, great. Let's sit down and, and figure out how you can get those things. And let's use this as an opportunity because I, you know, I love you and I want you to, uh, you know, be successful in life and being able to, uh, raise money and be able to make those financial decisions, I think is a, it's an important life skill that we all need to have. And so, I would look at that as an opportunity to sit down with them and say, okay, how can you do this? Whether it be, you know, support them on getting a job, take them to some job interviews, help them get a resume going, um, and, you know, let them look at, you know, what a budget is. I guarantee if, if your child goes and works 20 hours and only makes like two or 300 bucks, and all of a sudden, like, that's worth like two pieces of clothing, they might stop and think about, okay, wait a minute, I just worked all this time and all I got was this one designer piece of clothing that they might actually start to rethink some of their, their wants and their demands. So I just see it as a huge opportunity to teach that value of money. And, and especially I, I would assume that the person asked, answering this question didn't like this and, and probably wanted to push back a little bit, but I would look at it as an opportunity to teach about money. Yeah, that's a great idea. I totally agree with that as well seems to be a good thing to be able to teach kids. I think even starting even younger, if you're, you're starting to feel it, I know my son's turning seven this week and, you know, he wants and wants and wants and wants. And, you know, you don't, you want to give your child what they want, but you also want to make sure that they're not becoming a spoiled brat, right? So, you know, I think this is a good opportunity 
uh, to really teach them some some value in in money too. Um, I think that's great. And my next question, uh, the next question that we got in is around the same lines. Do you think that it is a parent's responsibility to teach their ch children practical financial advice before they move out on their own? Absolutely, right? I, I, and again, that's my own judgment. I mean, for me, um, absolutely feel that it's my responsibility to set them up to be you know, in successful, independent adults. That doesn't mean that they can't ever come to me and ask for help or assistance or even to borrow money or whatever. And, you know, we're always going to have a, a reasonable discussion about, you know, how, you know, how we're going to approach that. But, but absolutely, because if, if I just provide everything and now all of a sudden, let's say they're 18, 19, you know, 20 years old, and they go out there and they have no skills, they have no budgeting skills, they have no earning capacity, um, they have no sense of you know, what's good value or bad value, what's inexpensive or, 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 or expensive, and are, are even how to generate uh, money. And um, you know, some of my uh, earlier work with um, and speaking at uh, financial seminars, um, we were very big on financial education. Some of us aren't even financially educated, so how do we pass that on to our children? Well, that's where the responsible piece comes in, and, and, and you know, like we said, the, the sign of a, a great parent is one that you know looks at their own behavior first. Well, you know, if and there's great books. I mean, Kiyosaki wrote a great book called Rich Kid, Smart Kid. Um, I would say get a copy of that. There's great advice. Uh, in that book and you know get educated yourself on on what's the best way to introduce financial literacy to your child or your teenager or even your young adult and support them through that and it might be through your own learning and discovery and maybe you're going through it together and whatever it is that's cool but I absolutely believe that it's um, my job to prepare my children for independent adulthood Right. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with that. Like if you're not modeling good financial behavior yourself, it's really hard to teach your kids that. And I know, um, you know, one of the other things that one of the things that happened to me when I was around that age, going to college, all of a sudden you get to college and there's all these credit card companies there. Hey, sign up for this credit card, sign up for that credit card. Well, I was, I was like, yes, sweet. And I got two or three credit cards, racked them up. And I think that I'm probably still paying that off like 25, 20 years later, 25 years later. I think know? I did that very that same thing. That was not thing. a good idea. <laughs> that was not a good idea. <laughs> so if you can use, you know, if they can be educated about that before they get faced with that decision or that choice or that opportunity, you know, that would be really great. So goodness. Yeah crazy yeah that's a great make sure that your kids are set up financially <laughs> with a little bit of their responsibility when it comes to money is a good one um okay so i want to jump over to kind of on a different uh different topic do you um do uh, this question says should i let my child have a lock on their bedroom door yeah and i could see how a, that could be a trigger right it's like you know, mom, dad, I want to put a lock on my door, you know, and I know if it was me, the very first question in my mind would be, why? Why do you want to, why do you want to lock your door? Like what's in there that you don't want me to see, right? And I think that that 
with the conversations I've had with people as well would be you know, pretty typical of the, the initial reaction to that. And, you know, one of the things that we've learned through this entire journey and we've, we've layered throughout all the programs that we have in the Blissful Parenting Library is to seek understanding of a situation, really understand a situation before responding. And so it might be very easy to assume that, okay, teenager is looking to hide something. So they want to put a lock on their door. Okay, perhaps. And through your own digging and your own investigation, I would say um, connected conversation with your child, you might aim to discover that. If you come at them with judgment or resistance, then they're going to come back to you with resistance as well. And you're never going to get the answer. So seek understanding from a place of compassion and you know, just really trying to get the idea. Now here's the thing, there's an underlying goal of all teenagers. And this is something that we all have to remember because it's so easy to take their behavior at face value and say, how could you talk to me like that? How could you do this? Well, it's not necessarily that they are trying to be bad or disrespectful is that they're at a phase in their life right now where they are trying to gain independence, right? There's a couple of big transitions in the, in the whole growing up and you, 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 you discover it at, at first when they're like two or three years old and they want to, you know, they don't want you to do things for them. It's like, no, I'll do it, right? Like, you know, they want that independence and then, and then, and then there's another big phase of that at the teenage stage where it's like they're preparing to be adults. And so there is a number, there is independence. So this desire for independence, um, for control over their destiny, for to have some say into what happens to their future and in their lives. And yeah, just to really feel like they're in control of who they are. And it may be just as simple as that. So, I mean, it could be happening for a reason you really don't want, or it could just be happening because of their desire to be an independent human being. And so I think that's where that connected conversation comes in, where we, um, we're just seeking to understand there's not judgment or no way you're not doing that and, and the fight, which will really just drive them away. Um, but just really trying to ask them questions to understand, okay, well, what would it mean to you if you now have a lock on your door? What, you know, what's the, what's the benefit to your life? And that might seem like a weird question, but I, I guarantee if you go at your teenager with questions like that, they're going to go, huh, you've never really asked me a question like that before. <laughs> and you, if you talk in questions, you'll start to receive answers. If you talk in judgment, or demands, you're going to get nothing back. Right. And even probably more closed off conversations then too, if you continue down that path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, I think my parents did that a really great job of that. I say, I was always able to do what most of like, whatever I asked to do, they would always say yes. And it was, and I was, I got to my twenties and I finally asked them like, why did you always let me, you always said yes. All my other friends' parents said no. And everything I was always allowed to do stuff, and they said, "Well, we had no reason to say no because you try. We trust you, 
you've demonstrated you're responsible and you've demonstrated that you're capable, have a smart head on your shoulders and capable of, of having that independence. So I really appreciated my parents doing that. So I've kind of kept that in my, in my mind as I become a parent. Cause of course we want to say no right away to a lot of those things. And it's a bit scary when they get into those teenage uh, years and they start asking for more independence, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the phase of life that they're in, you know, and, and it's that desire for independence, but um, that's not to say that there can't be bad things happening as well. I mean, the, the takeaway and, you know, our approach always when we're coaching people is seek to understand what's really happening, clarify, evaluate before responding, right? And if there is something more um, dangerous or, you know, detrimental to their mental or physical health that's going on, then you know, address that, but get the facts first and don't assume the worst, you know, expect the best and, but, but do clarify and then respond appropriately. That's great advice. I love that one. And our next question, which is going to be our last question. If you guys really like this style, I really encourage you to go over to blissfulparent.com forward slash ask and send us your questions, please. This is how we get to answer them for you is by you going over there and asking them. So uh, we love these questions coming in. They're really good. And we've learned a lot today from Chuck. It's been great talking about, you know, how we were raised as kids, parenting styles, financial literacy, um, so many great things and asking those questions of those teenagers. You know, there's so many great things that we've learned today. So I'm going to ask one more question that's kind of along the same just talking about and this <laughs> kind of makes me smile the way this uh, question is worded so it says if your child accidentally <laughs> stole items from a store would you take them back and pay so what's your answer to that one Chuck yeah so and this is something that we've definitely talked about in our workshops as well and and, and sadly it happens and look you know they're they're kids want things and sometimes when they can't have them in the way that they should be maybe getting them, they go to other means to get them. And I think that this, again, just like the money thing, you know, is a huge opportunity for learning and that context. So what I would not do is I would not go back to the store, pay for the item and bail them out of this situation, right? What I would do is I would take my child back to the store and as uncomfortable as it is for them, and I would say also for myself, because let's face it, I, you know, that's a pretty scary thing, but then to walk in and to admit that to the store owner and say, look, I made a mistake, here's what's happened, and you know, I'm very sorry, here's the thing back, and I would also like to pay for you, and you know, you know, how can I make this right with you, right? And I think that's, a, 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 number one, a great way of handling the situation where you're giving the store owner that opportunity to say, yes, you know, that I'm satisfied with the way you've handled this. And I think what it also does is it teaches your child a couple of things. It teaches your child the life skill of owning up to their mistakes and also 
you know, that, and, and through that very scary and maybe painful experience of going back and confessing to what they've done will help to prevent them from doing this again in the future. And I love what Jane Nelson says in her book, Positive Discipline, and that is that children learn best when they learn from natural consequences. Well, what's more natural than going back and admitting to a store owner that you made a mistake and you stole something and it's not that I need to get mad at them or punish them or yell at them or whatever, but it's like, let's go back, admit what you've done. Just the, the, the discomfort of admitting that, I think is natural consequences enough to perhaps get them to choose a different way of acquiring things the next time they want something. Absolutely, that sounds like that would be a really a great thing to do. And I think that is a phase a lot of teenagers go through with that. Acquiring things from the drugstore without money is, uh, I remember a bunch of friends doing that in high school. And uh, I think that's a great way of doing it, uh, going back to the store and apologizing. Well, thank you, Chuck. There's been so many great nuggets here today. Audience, I hope you were listening in. So many great advice on how to deal with these tricky situations that we get into as parents. So thank you, Chuck, our founder and one of our faculty members, thank you for being with us today. Can't wait to have you back here again soon. And um, you guys, this is a great format. I liked it. I hope you liked it. Uh, Chuck, I know you liked it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And I just want to, again, if you have questions, that's cool. You can go to theblissfulparent.com slash ask and submit your questions. And look, you know, sometimes there's no easy answer. Maybe you'd like a little bit of help with that. Go to blissfulparenting.com slash coaching and get yourself a free coaching session and you know we'll we'll talk to you one-on-one -on -one about some whatever is going on uh in your life and hope we can help great so we're gonna do this again uh down the road in a few episodes from now we've got lots of questions coming in and uh can't wait to do it again so thank you chuck for being with us i hope to see you guys on our next episode Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.